Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We've got a dual treat for today's Song of the Soul. Since I'm feeling sick, I especially appreciate that we have a guest host sitting in for me today. Her name is Patricia Stansbury, sometimes known on air as Sunny Gardner of WRIR, Richmond Independent Radio. And she's sharing an interview and music via Lucas Silva of Palenque Records, the premier producer of Afro-Colombian music. This is the very first Song of the Soul guest host I've ever had, and it's so wonderful that Patricia can spell me today. Thanks for sitting in for me, Patricia, and it's over to you. Thank you, Mark. I am pleased to sit in for you today as guest host of Song of the Soul. I'll share the most recent episode of Groundswell, which first aired April thirteenth, 2022, on WRIR 97.3 FM in Richmond, Virginia. It's the music of those brought to the Western Hemisphere from Africa and enslaved. So perfect for Song of the Soul. Here it is. This episode of Groundswell brings to mind the meaning of the word, a deep movement that gradually changes the world. Merriam-Webster defines groundswell as a broad, deep undulation of the ocean caused by an often distant gale or seismic disturbance. And secondly, a rapid, spontaneous growth as of public opinion. I'll point out that what is perceived as rapid, spontaneous growth has a cause such as a broad, deep undulation in the populace, that underlying groundswell. 
as is the case with music, culture, and revolution. There's a groundswell, there's life beneath it. Lucas Silva built a record label to preserve and catalog the music and life of the vast, diverse Afro-Colombian people. While he focuses on the juncture of African and Colombian cultures, his work spans continents and centuries. Let's listen to some stories and some music from his work as a producer and a filmmaker and a historian. But before we do, I want to express my gratitude first to three radio colleagues for airing African and Caribbean music in Richmond. They're all knowledgeable music historians and regular DJs on WRIR. That's Bill Lupoletti, David Noyes, and Charles Graybeard Williams. I also want to thank WRIR, that's Richmond Independent Radio. Thank you, WRIR, for providing all of us a platform for the work we love so much that we do it for free. For me, making radio is something I can do about the state of affairs. It's small, but by sharing this space, this time, I help spread the word about things that matter. WRIR's 2022 Spring Fun Drive starts April 20th. You can actually donate anytime at our lively website, WRIR.org, even when you hear this as an evergreen episode, which you may. And the playlist will be found at LOTG Radio on Facebook under the post for the show, or you can email sunny at WRIR.org. Here we go. Today our guest is Luca Silva, and he is the founder of Palenque Records. Thank you, Luca Silva, for being here. Okay, it takes a lot to you. So yeah, we have plenty of music. And then, as I say, for everybody interested, dial Palenque Records into Google and then you will find plenty of music. Yeah. Please, so the- yeah, if you visit uh, Spotify, you can get our playlist. We have plenty of music from Africa and Colombia. Black, African, Colombia, all the time. Permanently, all the time we have new releases, electronic, mm-hmm. champeta, traditional, roots, um, salsa, all kind of Latin and African vibes. So yeah, I'm very happy to share this music with you people. Yeah, and yeah. throughout our show, we'll have conversation and then examples of, of songs that illustrate that. So yeah, well, let's get right into it. So do you record and, I mean, you find the bands and record and mix the music and create the records? Yeah, my work is about uh, traveling to very far away places or hiding places or black Afro-Colombian villages. Then I do research. So I, I, found the, I find the bands, like doing research, right? Then mm-hmm. I meet the bands and now... Uh, um, when I love a band, I just um, start working in the repertory, the songs I like, the concept. I'm a musical producer, right? Yeah. So we go together to studio, we do everything together the way we like. But uh, my own, my the main, the, the thing I like the most is to do musical production and to give a concept. Uh, direct direction to the project um, and work on in the music. So every time we work in the music, we put some African vibes, some African style, like uh, 
whether high life or sukus or Afrobeat orientation. And then every time we bring it back to Africa a, a little bit, and then, yeah, it's the, my work is all about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you are a music producer, and because of a gap that you saw, uh-huh. you, built, you made your own record company. Oh, well, actually, I started in 96. I'm a filmmaker, right? I do mm-hmm. movies, mainly. My main work is I'm a filmmaker. Okay. Then I was in 96. I've been to Cartagena. I wanted to do a, a movie about Cumbia. But Cumbia was kind of, nothing was going on in 96 about Cumbia that much. So I found this Champeta movement and music. And then when I found this, I mean, uh, I started traveling the Caribbean coast in Colombia. I saw many Afro-Colombian bands, Afro-Colombian music that has never been recorded before. And uh, I found a little, a big scene. There was a lot of things going on, but all of those musicians did not have any label. Nobody cared about, nobody cared about this uh, Afro-Colombian music. Even the term Afro-Colombian music was not very much used at the time. And then I saw that there was a whole scene, a whole movement, but uh, nobody was taking care of that. Like uh, there was no labels, only just little label from Cartagena, Champeta labels like very underground, very ghetto style. So I thought, I said to myself, if I, if, I, if I don't do this myself, nobody else is gonna do it. So it's gonna have to be me. Like I have to do it because it's urgently, it's urgent. I mean, I have to work for, for that. At the beginning, I thought it was not my mission because I'm a filmmaker, okay. but, but after I said- Hold on just a sec. Ah, no problem. Yeah, there was a there was a giant helicopter going over. <laughs> um, I'm in a flight plane for a hospital. Um, yeah. yeah. So let me, backtrack, let me backtrack and ask one question. Yeah. What is champeta? Ah, champeta what is a yeah, champeta is a genre, musical genre, who started in Afro Colombia and the Caribbean coast in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a mix of uh, African influences. Um, it's like a copy of African modern music, African pop music made by Afro-Colombians, right? Mm-hmm. So it means we took inspiration from African, Congolese, Nigerian, uh, Benin, Kenya records from the 60s, 70s. We like them so much. So we started to copy their music, right? And little by little, by copying this music, it became a whole new genre. You know, as reggae, when reggae started, reggae started as Jamaican music, people was doing kind of covers or version of uh, Afro-American music, like uh, rhythm and blues and things like that. That So Champeta is the same, it's like, we started doing copies of copying African music, modern African music from the 60s until today. We started 
we liked it so much, so we started copying this music. And little by little, we, we, uh, we knew how to play it. I mean, we studied how to play it and, and this and that. And, and then finally, we did so much African-oriented music, it became like a whole new genre called champeta, right? So okay. champeta is a very much influenced by Congolese music, sukus and dombolo and rumba, also by Nigerian organic music, like high life music, right? So uh, yeah, it's a fantastic movement and it's exclusively uh, happens only in Colombia where we've been listening to African music since the 70s. Beginning of the 70s, <clears throat> a lot of vinyls came from Africa through sailors and travelers. So people started listening to African music from the 70s until today in the ghettos in a very poor neighborhoods, in a Afro-Colombian neighborhoods in the Caribbean coast. So that became a fever and then became a whole movement. Hmm. So how, uh, let's go back a few hundred years uh-huh. and uh, tell me the history of how the people got to Colombia and, yeah. uh, and uh-huh. up and down the, the east coast of, it, of the Atlantic. I mean, the West Coast of the Atlantic, leaving Africa. Yeah, well, you know, when this uh, colonization uh, period in Colombia, when, uh, so in in the 15th century, uh, 16th century, I mean, when Christopher Columbus, Christopher Columbus arrived to America, right, in the first boat, in the first of his ships, he brought already African slaves, right? So no, I didn't know that. Yeah. In the first ship that Columbus uh, traveled to discover, I mean, there were, he said he discovered something. He didn't discover nothing at all because oh. we were already living here, right? But he was a colonizer. He was a, how do you call that? He was like um, somebody who wanted to kill everybody and rob rob people. He was a robber, a mafia guy. So this mafia guy came to America in the first ship, in the first boats, three boats, uh, La Pinta, La Niña, La Santa Maria, they were called. They were already already brought slaves in these uh, ships, right? So little by little, uh, when they saw America was a whole new continent and a whole new land for them to rob and do their mafia things. So they're starting, they're starting bringing slave, slaves from Africa. So in Colombia, uh, slavery was very big. Uh, there was a big market for selling human people, these humans from coming from Africa, right? And for about three, four centuries, slavery was going on. So in Colombia, there was a big, a big port called Cartagena, uh, you know, because it's a big port in, in the Caribbean, in, a, in the north of Caribbean coast. So in this port, uh, many ships arrived 
bringing slaves for three, four centuries. So they brought people from all areas of Africa where slavery was done. That means from Congo, Nigeria, Ghana, Senegal, Mali, um, Angola, um, all the areas where slavery was practiced in Africa in these times. So in Colombia, we have today, we have around 10 million black Afro-Colombian population, around 10 millions of people. In Colombia, we have 50 million of population, right? But we can say that uh, between 10 or 12 millions are the Afro-Colombian population. So uh, the African heritage in Colombia is so important and is very strong because of history, because of this uh, transatlantic phenomenon of uh, bringing slavery to America. Um, slavery was abolished in 1852 in Colombia, right? But it was practiced anyway. It, it is practiced until today, is under different ways. So, I mean, Colombia is a very African country, very African, and the roots, African roots in Colombia are very strong. And the history of Africa, Colombia, Africa, as I call it, is so incredible and so big that I've been, I put my whole life to work on this matter because when I started, nobody cared about, I mean, it's a racist country, it's a lot of discrimination. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started, nobody give attention to this African heritage, you know. So now it has changed. I started 26 years ago now. And mm -hmm. then now Colombia has changed. There is very much uh, awareness about the importance, the, the, the value of this African heritage, which is so big for us, right? That's it. Would this be a good place to put a piece of music in? Yes, you want. <laughs> yeah, you know, every 10 minutes or so, we'd be oh, yeah. to, to kind yeah, of move well, it together. Of course, I would send you some traditional to talk about the roots of this Afro-Colombian music, right? Some <laughs> traditional music. And... Yeah. So when I, when I started working on this, uh, I did my label. Uh, my label is exclusively about Afro-Colombian music and I did it because when I started, as I told you, nobody cared that much. Afro-Colombian music was completely, how do you call that? Invisible, invisible, right? Nobody Just was, under the radar. Yeah, I mean, underrated, uh, nobody pay attention, you know? So now it's very different. Afro-Colombian music now is number one in the world, in many areas. And, hmm. you know, it gives many people pay attention to this because there is many talents. And we have uh, people who came from very different parts, regions of Africa. So we have all kinds of music with, of, of African heritage, very di di diverse. So um, 
but I, I did my label because it was it was urgent for me to give a to, to, to work with these great musicians that never been in studio before in their lives. Some of them never recorded before. Some others were legendary already when I met them. But I'm so happy because in these uh, 26 years I've been working, so I could I could meet such a great such a great musicians and artists and such incredible people who live in very difficult situations. Their lives are very complicated, you know, because Colombia is a it's a country where we have a big war going on, conflict uh, since about 50 years. So um, I, I'm very happy of working with these people and to reveal to the world this part of this African Colombia, right? Because uh, African Colombia is so big and it's so incredible and so different from... Uh, you know, Colombia is so diverse. You know, we have Amazonia, we have, uh, we have um, Caribbean coast, Pacific coast, we have the mountains inside the country. So it's like four, four or five different countries in one territory. So yeah, all my wish is to show to the world this African Colombia area. Yeah. So can you introduce a song and tell how it ties in with this work? Yeah, I will. Um, I have this song we produced with, uh, with uh, Son Palenque. It's called Adiós Batata. So this song is a homage to Batata. He was one of the most legendary percussionists from San Basilio de Palenque. San Basilio de Palenque is a, is a village uh, founded by runaway slaves, people who were running away from slavery in the colonial times, and they founded this village, San Basilio Palenque, which is called the first African free land in America. The first African village uh, freed from slavery, you know. So, um, yeah, this tune we recorded with band Son Palenque and uh, is a homage to Batata, the king of percussion, drums. I've heard of him. Mm, yeah, he's very famous.
This is an episode of Groundswell. Our guest today is Lucas Silva, pioneer of Champeta and founder of Palenque Records, which you can find on any social media, Palenque Records. It's just such a rich world. I'm really glad that you've preserved a lot of it in, with your record company. Like doing a label for me is like going to university, you know, because I go to the villages. I found, I found, I, I, every time I go, I find great masters of music from all times, right? Traditional mm-hmm. young people also. So they become my teachers, you know, so they teach me Africanity from Colombia, you know what I'm saying? They have a lot of wisdom, teaching from ancestral teachings from the elders. I mean, for me, it's like going to university and it has changed me as a person. I became something different now because of music. And I think music is all about that. It's all about meeting somebody and learning because my country is very rich, but Colombians, we don't know Colombia. So... I have to really go as a like an anthropologist or ethnomusicologist, uh-huh. you know. I think and, you're a pioneer also. Yeah, in many ways, because we started recording bands that never recorded before. Mm-hmm. So we are pioneers because we revealed the music of this particular village called Palenque. And this village was uh, founded by Black Maroons, as we call them, the people who run away from slavery. There is maroon communities in Jamaica and Colombia, in many areas in mm-hmm. America. So when I started recording this music from this village, from this particular village, they have uh, their own language, which is half African, half Spanish mixed. So they have their own language. And then I was a pioneer on recording this music and showing it to the world because before me, some anthropologists came and they recorded the music, but they just kept this music into archives for universities, private archives for anthropologists or this kind of people. So I do like a, a bit like Alan Lomax, a bit. I go to places, record music, music that nobody knows, music of people. Some people are afraid of these persons because of stupid reasons, whatever. So... Anyway, I try to reveal this music, but now I'm recording music in Nigeria, in Congo, in France, and I do also electronic music, salsa, all kinds of music. I don't want to be just like an anthropologist or ethnomusicology, but we do also electronical, champeta, African-oriented music, salsa, all kinds of black music. You know, I hadn't thought about this before, but could you play samples of maybe three different distinctive types of music so that we can hear the difference and just kind of talk us through that and tell us where the music comes from, what African influence there is. And I know there are many more than three, but if we think of three. Yeah, of course. Can Uh you talk us through that now? Yeah. Afro-Colombian music starts in the 15th century, 16th century. So because of the slaves who... They meet the Indians from Colombia, the native people of Colombia, Mm -hmm. the Indians. So the African influence and these Africans meeting these uh, natives of Colombia, which is the Indians, that was the birth of cumbia. 
Cumbia is a musical genre that is the identity of Colombia. It's the music who identify Colombia. So this music was because of this meeting of Africans, Indians, and Spanish people. I would play some cumbia for you guys with the track Yo Me Voy by Son Palenque. This is an episode of Groundswell. Our guest today is Lucas Silva, pioneer of Champeta and founder of Palenque Records. 
which you can find on any social media, Palenque Records. Me and Riddens were born into these uh, Palenque areas, Palenque military areas, where the slaves running away from slavery they started to create their own villages, free villages away from colonial masters. And so there were other genres that came like a Bujerengue or Lumbalu. Lumbalu is funeral music, right? It's very similar to funeral music in Congo or Angola because these people from Palenque were coming, most of them were coming from Bantu areas. It means Congo and Angola, Cameroon, countries like that. So I will play some Lumbalu for you now from this band called Las Alegres Ambulancias with the track um, Sami Tolo, all right? So this is funeral music to mourn the death, to celebrate when uh, somebody's leaving earth and going to the spiritual level so, so that the dead people can go Leave this world in peace. I will play some Lumbalu for you now from this band called Las Alegres Ambulancias with the track um, Sami Tolo. in the 40s, new styles came, uh, like Merecumbe, like um, mm, Porro. You know, Colombia is, is, is the country because it's a big territory, so we have too much rhythms. In, only in the Caribbean coast, I think we have 70 or 80 different rhythms. Really? And musical, yeah, I mean, oh musical, musical genres uh -huh. by themselves. So we and, have to. And the watch. genres are named by the rhythm that, that makes them distinct. Yeah, it's a different rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different musical structure, musical arrangements. We have porro, which is very much like European fanfare, like a brass band. It's our version of jazz, could be like our version. So we have too much different musical genres. But to simplify, 
for example, in the 70s, this champeta rhythm was born, right? Mm-hmm. We have porro. This is for the Caribbean coast. For the Pacific coast, it's completely different. We have currulao, which is a marimba rhythm, which is balafon instrument, which is like a xylophone from the jungle. We are, so we have currulao, which is music that came from Senegal, Mali, to Colombia in the ancestral, in the colonial times. And we have also Chirimia in North Pacific coast, which is another genre yet. So we have too much music in Colombia. I mean, when it comes to black Colombia, we have too much music. That is why it's so exciting to work with these uh, musicians because it's like, it's never going to finish. There is too much artists, too much areas, and Colombia is a big country, so we have a big territory. We're not talking about Costa. I mean, it's like four times, no, it's like seven times Costa Rica, for example. So it's a very big territory. We have too much cultures, diversity. Every day I'm doing research to get to know these Afro-Colombian hidden rhythms and hidden artists. What an amazing labor you're doing. Mm. And you just discovered that it needed to be done and, and you're doing it. Yeah, thanks to God. I mean, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of... Colombia is a very difficult country. It's a very big war going on. Our politicians are very corrupted. Colombia is having hard times now. But uh, culture is our salvation. I mean, culture is our light for the future, our hope. Culture is everything. Music is peace. Africa is peace. So the cultural, African culture is all about peace and getting, getting together and built from ancestral culture to the modern world. It's very passionate to reveal and to show hidden things so that we may know much more about our roots because we don't know enough about our roots. You know, We have to do constant research to keep on building. It's not like maybe in America, people, maybe in the United States, you guys know much more about your own culture, your own roots and everything. In Colombia, it's not the case. We don't know nothing, nothing, or just a little. And the books written by the whites in Colombia about the blacks are completely wrong. There's a lot of colonial mentality. There's a lot of colonial bullshit. So there's a lot of nonsense that these white Colombians have written about blacks. It's completely wrong. Palenque Records, we are very clear, and we go to deliver new message. (laughs) We are not taking all these stupidities from these colonial masters, colonial mentality in Latin America. It's a real problem. So it's like opening a new book from the beginning with a different mentality. Yeah, it's all about that. You're not only a pioneer, you're doing something very daring. Do you get any pushback or is anyone objecting to the work that you're doing to reveal the history? No, I mean, well, I have some criticism sometimes, of course, or reactions, whatever. We don't care. I mean, it's, you know, culture is uh, good for everybody. Nobody can say we're doing wrong things, whatever. So, no, I mean, yeah, it's hard because in Colombia, some people do not understand the value of this kind of work sometimes, but we don't care. Because this uh, label for us is a worldwide label. I mean, I have more audience sometimes in France, in the um, United States, in some areas, in England, in uh, Holland, territories like this, where we have more help from the audience. 
people buy our records. I mean, music is for the whole world. I don't think that our music is only for Colombia. It's for the whole people in the world, you know what I'm saying? So we're trying to change our country, and it takes time, but it's changing. It's very good because, for example, Europe, you cannot change Europe, you cannot change France, you cannot change many countries in this world, but Colombia you can change because we are a very young nation. So we are changing it through music in certain ways, you know, because music changed the world in some domains, in some ways. So I think this music brings more knowledge about what we are, what we'd like to be in the future. And especially we bring more enjoyment and talent, artists like Son Palenque, like Alegre Ambulancias, like Abelardo Carbono, my artists. Now we are working in Nigeria with a very great band, legendary band called Oriental Brothers International Band. We are working in Congo with Cuban Cabella. We are working in France with Niboma, which is one of the greatest lead vocalists from Congo. Yeah, we have too much music going on. What a great honor to be able to collect this art. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Even, and I, I just have to tell you that so much of, of what you're saying about what's going on in Colombia is also going on here. You might have this image worldwide of being together, but culture is really suffering. Oh, yes, I understand. It's a, it's a worldwide problem today. Discrimination, racism, colonial mentality, cultural problems, because some people do not give culture this value. I mean, when you have a kid, for example, in your family, you have a son. If you don't give him a cultural education, his kid is going to grow with problems, psychological problems. But I think culture is, you know, is a healing of the nation. Culture is a ritual, you know, like uh, to put good energies. So being a musical producer for me, the best, one of the best things is that you can meet these legends from music you can become their student, so they're going to be your teachers, and then you're going to have the honor of hanging out with these incredible guys, right? Yes. So for me, it's like incredible. Most of the people I produced, nobody know them. Many people talk bad things about them sometimes because they are very poor, but they're so intelligent. They are so important as artists. They have a lot of wisdom. So for me, it's unique occasion to get teachings and show their talent to the world. And after I do movies about them, so people can see the whole process and see the human beings closer. I see that one of your pieces is going to come out on the 15th. I tagged it to be alerted to its arrival. Yeah, we have a new release by Indus. It's a new band from Colombia. We have a new release from Nigeria also. Is a new band, is a re-edition, re re reissue of an old album by Kabaka International Guitar Band from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have too much music. <laughs> For everybody interested, so you can check our page Please. into Bandcamp, Palenque Records, that bandcamp.com. And then our whole catalog is in there. We are releasing many music all the time, mm -hmm. so you people can come and check. Also for the people interested, you can check into Spotify for example, you dial Palenque Records and then you have many playlists that we have done. Uh -huh. So we have a Facebook page called Palenque Records. We are everywhere. For the people interested also you can look into Instagram Palenque Records page, Facebook mm -hmm. page, YouTube channel. Everything is called Palenque Records and then you can follow. 
We are releasing a lot of music these times because we have accumulated many music and thanks to God, we have plenty of music all the time. So you can enjoy all the time new things. Lucas Silva, what we need to do now is pick a song to end the show with. Of all the musics that you have, and I know you have too many music, what is the favorite one? What one do you hear? What is the last piece you want to share with our listeners? Well, the favorite one is like doing music or producing music is like falling in, in love, right? Over it's and like, over. It's, uh-huh, it's like creating a family. So all the artists I work with, because I am not in this for business, right? It became a business, but initially it's just for love, for passion of music itself. So I don't know which one will be my favorite. I will have to think. But yeah, one of my favorites is one band we did called Columbia Africa Orchestra. And then this Columbia Africa Orchestra was a meeting between Africans and Afro-Colombians. This album, we released it in 2007 in England. And it's one of my favorites all time because I put six years to complete this album, to produce it. And I traveled to Congo, Mali, Senegal, I did many travels, and in Paris, I was living in France in Paris, I could meet many African music stars and legends of African music to put them together with these Afro-Colombian singers. So this is one of my favorite albums because of going to Africa and meeting these Africans. All my life is about doing exchanges between Africa and Colombia because I think In South America, we really need African teachings a lot because we are lost in a way. So we need African inspiration, African teachings. So all my whole life is to do exchanges. So this album for me is like a journey, Mm -hmm. like an initiation, right? When you get initiated into some new style of life, philosophy. This is one of my favorites. I have many, of course, because... It's like when you do a good record that you are happy completely as all the records I've done. It took me so long because I had to be completely satisfied. So all of them are like songs. You have songs, daughters, all of them, you love them the same. But anyway, you have your, maybe your preferences because of when you think about all the, every album is like a big journey. It's like a big trip to many situations and it's so complicated to do some of them are very complicated but it's, it's good because uh, I think uh, good things are always a bit complicated you know I mean nothing is like uh, just easy I mean not for Colombia when you walk over here you have to go through difficulties and well it's good so you learn more so what was the last song that you were going to play? Yeah, this song is called Mama Africa, and it's by Columbia Africa Orchestra. So in this, in this song, we have Afro-Colombian singer Viviano Torres, Afro-Colombian singer Louis Towers, and we have Niboma from Congo, Oceon from Congo, Daliki Moko from Congo, and Gibilong from Cameroon on drums. So this song is so beautiful because for me it's like the reunion the meeting of Africa and the diaspora in one song, like a, a family who were destructed by history or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, separated. And now after centuries, they go back together again 
through music. It's like a union, like meeting back again after centuries of being isolated. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I love it so much. I look forward to hearing that. Mm-hmm. All right. My goodness. Lucas Silva, this was quite a ramble around the world. <laughs> almost, I can almost taste it. Thanks again for your work and thank you for being available all the way. What are we, 3,000 miles apart, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know. thanks to you. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to make new people to discover this kind of music. This has been an episode of Groundswell. Remember, you are part of that groundswell that could heal the world. See you on the radio. Today's Song of the Soul, an episode of Groundswell, a Sunny Gardener production by me, Patricia Stansbury. Thanks for having me guest host today, Mark, and for sharing this important piece of musical history with your listeners. I hope to join you here again soon. You're welcome, Patricia. But again, I'm particularly grateful you could sit in, given my off-kilter health situation today. And yes, I'll look forward to having you back again soon. As she said, Patricia's programs appear weekly on WRIR in Richmond, Virginia, one of the many truly wonderful community radio stations across the country, bringing us news and music from the roots instead of top-down. Northern Spirit radio programs like Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action are carried on some 42 community radio stations nationwide. Please support them, like WRIR, with your hands and wallet, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.